Chapters 24 through 25 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombeau. Chapter 24. Recapitulation of the various arguments adduced against Gnostic impiety under all its aspects. The heretics, tossed about by every blast of doctrine, are opposed by the uniform teaching of the church, which remains so always, and is consistent with itself. 1. Thus, then, have all these men been exposed, who bring in impious doctrines regarding our Maker and Framer, who also formed this world, and above whom there is no other God. And those have been overthrown by their own arguments who teach falsehoods regarding the substance of our Lord, and the dispensation which He fulfilled for the sake of His own creature, man. But it has, on the other hand, been shown, that the preaching of the church is everywhere consistent, and continues in an even course, and receives testimony from the prophets, the apostles, and all the disciples, as I have proved, through those in the beginning, the middle, and the end, and through the entire dispensation of God, and that well-grounded system which tends to man's salvation, namely, our faith, which, having been received from the church, we do preserve, and which always, by the Spirit of God, renewing its youth, as if it were some precious deposit in an excellent vessel, causes the vessel itself containing it to renew its youth also. For this gift of God has been entrusted to the church, as breath was to the first created man, for this purpose, that all the members receiving it may be vivified, and the means of communion with Christ have been distributed throughout it, that is, the Holy Spirit, the earnest of incorruption, the means of confirming our faith, and the latter of assent to God. For in the church, it is said, God hath set apostles, prophets, teachers, and all the other means through which the Spirit works, of which all those who are not partakers who do not join themselves to the church, but defraud themselves of life through their perverse opinions and infamous behavior. For where the church is, there is the Spirit of God, and where the Spirit of God is, there is the church, and every kind of grace but the Spirit is truth. Those, therefore, who do not partake of Him are neither nourished into life from the mother's breasts, nor do they enjoy that most limpid fountain which issues from the body of Christ, but they dig for themselves broken cisterns out of earthly trenches, and drink putrid water out of the mire, fleeing from the faith of the church lest they be convicted, and rejecting the Spirit that they may not be instructed. 2. Alienated thus from the truth, they do deservedly wallow in all error, tossed to and fro by it, thinking differently in regard to the same things at different times, and never attaining to a well-grounded knowledge, being more anxious to be sophists of words than disciples of the truth. For they have not been founded upon the one rock, but upon the sand, which has in itself a multitude of stones. Wherefore they also imagine many gods, and they always have the excuse of searching after truth, for they are blind, but never succeed in finding it. For they blaspheme the Creator, Him who is truly God, who also furnishes power to find the truth, 
imagining that they have discovered another god beyond god or another pleroma or another dispensation wherefore also the light which is from god does not illumine them because they have dishonored and despised god holding him of small account because through his love and infinite benignity he has come within reach of human knowledge knowledge however not with regard to his greatness or with regard to his essence for that has no man measured or handled but after this sort that we should know that he who made and formed and breathed in them the breath of life and nourishes us by the means of the creation establishing all things by his word and binding them together by his wisdom this is he who is the only true god but they dream of a non-existent being above him that they may be regarded as having found out the greater god whom nobody they hold can recognize holding communication with the human race or as directing mundane matters that is to say they find out the god of epicurus who does nothing either for himself or others that is he exercises no providence at all chapter twenty five this world is ruled by the providence of one god who is both endowed with infinite justice to punish the wicked and with infinite goodness to bless the pious and impart to them salvation one god does however exercise a providence over all things and therefore he also gives counsel and when giving counsel he is present with those who attend to moral discipline it follows then of course that the things which are watched over and governed should be acquainted with their ruler which things are not irrational or vain but they have understanding derived from the providence of god and for this reason certain of the gentiles who were less addicted to the sensual allurements and voluptuousness and were not led away to such a degree of superstition with regard to idols being moved though but slightly by his providence were nevertheless convinced that they should call the maker of this universe the father who exercises a providence over all things and arranges the affairs of our world two again that they might remove the rebuking and judicial power of the father reckoning that as unworthy of god and thinking that they had found out a god both without anger and merely good they have alleged that one god judges but that another saves unconsciously taking away the intelligence and justice of both deities for if the judicial one is not also good to bestow favors upon the deserving and to direct reproofs against those requiring them he will appear neither a just nor a wise judge on the other hand the good god if he is merely good and not one who tests those upon whom he shall send his goodness will be out of the range of justice and goodness and his goodness will seem imperfect as not saving all for it should do so if it be not accompanied with judgment three marcion therefore himself by dividing god into two maintaining one to be good and the other judicial does in fact on both sides put an end to deity for he that is the judicial one if he be not good is not god because he from whom goodness is absent is no god at all and again he who is good if he has no judicial power suffers the same loss as the former by being deprived of his character of deity and how can they call the father all-wise if they do not assign to him a judicial faculty for if he is wise he is also one who tests others 
but the judicial power belongs to him who tests and justice follows the judicial faculty that it may reach a just conclusion justice calls forth judgment and judgment when it is executed with justice will pass on to wisdom therefore the father will excel in wisdom all human and angelic wisdom because he is lord and judge and the just one and ruler over all for he is good and merciful and patient and saves whom he ought nor does goodness desert him in the exercise of justice nor is his wisdom lessened for he saves those whom he should save and judges those worthy of judgment neither does he show himself unmercifully just for his goodness no doubt goes on before and takes precedency four the god therefore who does benevolently cause his son to rise upon all and sends rain upon the just and unjust shall judge those who enjoying his equally distributed kindness have led lives not according to the dignity of his bounty but who have spent their days in wantonness and luxury in opposition to his benevolence and have moreover even blasphemed him who has conferred so great benefits upon them five plato is proved to be more religious than these men for he allowed that the same god was both just and good having power over all things and himself executing judgment expressing himself thus and god indeed as he is also the ancient word possessing the beginning the end and the mean of all existing things does everything rightly moving round about them according to their nature but retributive justice also follows him against those who depart from the divine law then again he points out that the maker and framer of the universe is good and to the good he says no envy ever springs up with regard to anything thus establishing the goodness of god as the beginning and the cause of the creation of the world but not ignorance nor an erring aeon nor the consequence of a defect nor the mother weeping and lamenting nor another god or father six well may their mother bewail them as capable of conceiving and inventing such things for they have worthily uttered this falsehood against themselves that their mother is beyond the pleroma that is beyond the knowledge of god and that their entire multitude became a shapeless and crude abortion for it apprehends nothing of the truth it falls into void and darkness for their wisdom sophia was void and wrapped up in darkness and horos did not permit her to enter the pleroma for the spirit akamoth did not receive them into the place of refreshment for their father by begetting ignorance wrought in them the sufferings of death we do not misrepresent their opinions on these points but they do themselves confirm they do themselves teach they do glory in them they imagine a lofty mystery about their mother whom they represent as having been begotten without a father that is without god a female from a female that is corruption from error seven we do indeed pray that these men may not remain in the pit which they themselves have dug but separate themselves from a mother of this nature and depart from bythus and stand away from the void and relinquish the shadow and that they being converted to the church of god may be lawfully begotten and that christ may be formed in them and that they may know the framer and maker of this universe the only true god and lord of all we pray for these things on their behalf 
loving them better than they seem to love themselves. For our love, inasmuch as it is true, is salutary to them, if they will but receive it. It may be compared to a severe remedy, extirpating the proud and sloughing fresh of a wound, for it puts an end to their pride and haughtiness. Wherefore it shall not weary us, to endeavor with all our might to stretch out the hand unto them. Over and above what has already been stated, I have deferred to the following book, to adduce the words of the Lord, if by convincing some among them, through means of the very instruction of Christ, I may succeed in persuading them to abandon such error, and to cease from blaspheming their Creator, who is both God alone, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. End of Book 3, Chapters 24-25